0: where my handle is at Turkey Hitman, and I will be sure to follow you back. And now for this week's show, Georgia. Georgia The whole day through Just an old sweet sound
1: Keeps Georgia on my
2: mind I said Georgia
1: Georgia! Georgia.
0: Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 179, week 2 recap of the 2018 turkey season. And I am your host and the guy who just feels like singing a little bit today. And normally I would apologize for that, but mm mm-mm. Not today. What I am not singing about today is that we are 32 days, 23 hours, 34 minutes, and 10 seconds away from the end of turkey season in Alabama. So today, I missed my first day of turkey hunting this season, and it was a beautiful morning with very little wind, partly cloudy skies, and temps in the low to mid 50s. But work beckoned, and well, the turkeys have not been very cooperative in central Alabama still to this day. But yes, today could have been the day that I've been waiting for. But it wasn't, and tomorrow is a new day. I still feel like the turkeys are going to start breaking loose very soon. The dogwoods in full bloom tell me that the turkeys should be fired up right now. So we'll see how far behind the dogwoods that the turkeys are over the next couple of weeks. All right, so before I get into the recap of this week's hunts, I want to bring in Richard Duncan and pick a winner of this week's giveaway of a Strutton 360 Mechanical Decoy stake. So here is Richard Duncan, and I will see you guys on the other side. Hey everybody, I've got on the line with me this evening richard duncan with rj duncan and strutton 360 mechanical decoy stakes and we are going to pick another winner for this week's giveaway of a strutton 360 mechanical decoy stake and so let's bring richard in richard how are you today
3: i'm doing good andy how are you doing
0: i'm very well thank you so i want to hear about the kids hunt from this past weekend did you did your hunter do any good?
3: Yeah, i would tell you, Andy, we had a great hunt. It's like a family reunion going back to that thing. But luckily uh, for us, we put a bird on the ground about five minutes after eight. I had a fine young man. He was 14 years old, and he did a great job. And not a half hour after we shot that bird, the weather turned For the worst and the rest of the weekend was kind of a washout cold damp rainy and so we got it done before the weather hit so i was happy for that proud for hunter his name was hunter and he was a happy happy young man going home with about a 20 20 pound tennessee bird saturday morning
0: awesome and did he shoot it over a decoy on your stake
3: Oh, he absolutely did. You know, we had these birds. We had we were right in the middle of two birds gobbling. We were on a knob, and, of course, when they hit the ground, they kind of shut up. We could hear hens yelping down this draw, and about an hour later, here they came digging back up the draw, and we were on the ridge with the logging road, so I started clucking and turning, and when it got to where they could see our Dave Smith strutter we rotated it with the Strutton 360 and here come this two-year-old bird we shot and about eight other jakes oh yeah so they put on the show for you know five minutes and finally got everything separated where Hunter could make a good shot and not affect more than one bird and he put a, put the hammer down on on one so
0: very nice and did you get it all on video
3: yeah it's it's all on film we had two cameras running so it was a great shot great head shot i mean he did everything like like a seasoned perky hunting veteran would and uh, he'd been out and hunted a little bit and, and i was really proud of the job that he had done it was like i said it was damp and cold we were in a blind so that helped, kept the wind off of us a little bit, but it it worked kind of like it was supposed to as far as, I always say it this way, we hope that a movie star shows up and he sure enough did. That's great,
0: that is great. So that's really good. I'm glad that that turned out to be a memorable hunt for Hunter and you guys were able to get a trophy. So how many birds total were killed over the weekend?
3: You know, Andy, I think that number of kills were down this year when i talked to chuck he's president of the organization in northwest tennessee there Uh, he called me about two o'clock and as a matter of fact i gave away a unit at our auction and the guy that bought the unit at the auction he had called in and and told him the success he had with the, the strut and 360 and Uh, When he checked that bird in, Chuck said that only 11 birds had been checked in, which is down from, I'd say normally there's probably 30, 35 birds, maybe 40 killed with that opening kids weekend. But like I said, it was cold. I woke up Friday morning, it was 33 degrees, uh, a little warmer than that on Saturday, rainy, damp. Just one of those days where you really wanted to stay in bed almost, but we got up and hit it. And I think it ended up being 12 or 13 birds. And of course, I'm sure there were some taken that did not get registered, not registered with the state of Tennessee because that's a requirement, but registered with the kids organization.
0: Sure. Yeah. Well, that's, Still not bad. And you're right, the weather was not ideal for really any kind of hunting other than maybe duck hunting, you know, where, where I was, we had 20, 25 mile an hour winds saturday and it was spitting rain off and on and just not a good day at all as far as turkey hunting that's goes. A,
3: yeah that's the way it was there there was standing water everywhere it had rained for the most part all week long before the hunt up there and and it's about four hours north and west of birmingham here so a little bit further north expected to be a little cooler but just kind of a damp, dreary weekend. So I was happy that we got 12 or 14 birds taken, but that's that's down from the norm. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, and you you got to wonder, too, how many people just didn't even go out because the weather was bad.
3: That's right. That's right. I know two of the guides, they're young men, or I should say kids, because it could be boys or girls from the ages of 8 to 16. I believe it's the lower end. I know 16 the upper end, but uh, they had kids that showed up Saturday morning, hunted until about 9. I think they were a little on the younger side, maybe 9, 10 years old. And the uh, weather and the rain and the coolness kind of took the fight out of them, and they didn't want to hunt the rest of the weekend. So there could have been uh, a number more than that that did not go out. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, I still think it's a great thing that you did going and volunteering for that. And a great, sounds like a great organization. Anytime you can get kids outdoors, I think that's a good thing. I had a friend of mine today say, yeah, I want to take my son Saturday. But the hunter in me actually said, I want to take my son Friday morning because I'm off work. But the hunter in me wants to go without him. I want to kill a turkey. I still haven't killed one. And he said, what do you think? And I I looked at him and I said, man, I can't ever say it's a bad idea to take a kid out into the woods. And he said, I know, I know. I just, I want to kill one so bad. I said, I know you do. But, you know, you, you got to got to get those young ones out there so that's great that's to for to sure
3: it. you you know the way I look at that Andy is is I got a young guy or a young girl sitting next to me and I'm calling and we're using the strut 360 and I look at it this way and of course I've had a great deal of success turkey hunting and so you know I, I love it to shoot turkeys and I love to hunt turkeys but if you're sitting right next to that child and they pull the trigger it's almost like you pulling the triggers the way I look at it
0: absolutely no question in fact I've gotten out to where I'm I'm counting those you know if if I'm there and I'm I am part of that hunt I'm counting that bird so he won't be registered in my name with the state or tagged in my name with the state because I didn't actually physically kill him but I'm counting that bird because that's a a great hunt to be a part of so
3: absolutely it's you know I guess as I get older and and I try to uh, take folks and introduce them to the outdoors that it's never turkey on it and you hope you wake up tomorrow morning and you do one of those hunts and it works like it's supposed to uh, which a lot of times for me it doesn't but The success is in the memory that you made, I think, with that that young person and and getting them hooked on turkey hunting like you and I are. And it it pays big dividends down the road. And you'll always talk about that hunt. I've got kids who are not kids anymore. They're young adults, uh, being 22, 23 years old that I took. Six, seven, eight years ago, and and now they're my friends, and we talk on Facebook or we text, and it's cool seeing that in them as as they grow and mature as as people, and and yeah. carrying on the tradition that that we all love so much. Yeah,
0: yeah, very good. Well, you picked this week's winner. It's number thirteen. So you said that 12 or 13 birds were killed over the weekend. So we're going with 13 because we're going to be optimistic and say more birds were killed than 12. And let me find entry number 13. All right, entry number 13 is rhanks55 at gmail.com. rhanks55 at gmail.com is this week's winner of the strutting 360 mechanical decoy stake. So I will send an email out to R. Hanks and let him reply back with his mailing address and then you can send that decoy stake out and get him to have a great hunt like you and your hunter had. You and the hunter had this past weekend where hopefully he can get him a movie star in front of him put on a show for that absolutely yeah with that decoy so very cool yeah as
3: soon as as soon as our hanks replies andy i'll get that thing shipped out uh, as soon as i get back in town i should say so
0: yeah very good so where are you headed this week
3: this weekend i'm hunting with one of my pro staff guys out of nashville we're going to be hunting near Lebanon, Tennessee, and I've got some friends coming down from northeast Ohio to videotape, so that's going to be a lot of fun. So there's going to be four of us hitting the woods, and hopefully we're going to be taking birds back to Ohio and to Alabama.
0: Very good. So that ought to be great. The the turkey hunting in Tennessee is just incredible right now, so I feel pretty good that you guys will make something happen over the weekend and I'm looking forward to getting you back on next week and hearing another turkey killing story.
3: Well I'm going to try this week and I guess I may switch midstream but I'm going to try to take a bird with my bow over the weekend start the quest for my grand slam and I think it'd be monumental for me anyway if I could accomplish that with a bow so that's what I'm I'm going to strive to attain this year and see if I can get it done. Very
0: good. Well, I wish you a lot of luck with that. And look forward to hearing about your hunt next week. And so we're going to do another giveaway this week. This will be giveaway number five. Is that correct? Yep. All right. So I know I've kind of hinted around that we might do something different, but I really haven't had a chance to put anything together and just been so busy with work and turkey hunting. Do you want to do the text entry again?
3: Yeah, let's let's do that. That appears like it's working a little better, and and probably is easier for the listeners. So I think that's a, that's a good approach.
0: All right, then let's do that. So you guys, if you want to enter and you have not already entered, then what you need to do is text the word Strutton. 360. Make it one word, no spaces, and it's S T R U T T N 360. Text that to the number 44222. Once you do that, you'll get a reply back from me that says, Please respond with your email address only. And once you respond with your email address, then you will get confirmation that you've been registered for the giveaway. So it's just that easy and we're giving these things away. You may as well be the big winner next week and get one of these mechanical decoy stakes in the back of your turkey vest so that maybe you can put a tag on a turkey and have some meat for the freezer. So, Richard, thank you very much for taking time out to come on the show again this week and tell us about your hunt with Hunter. And thank you for your generosity in giving away the mechanical decoy stakes. And I look forward to talking to you next week and doing another giveaway and hearing some more stories.
3: That sounds good, Andy. I enjoy being on the show. I'm glad I'm part of it, and glad that our listeners can uh, have the opportunity to to win a new Strutton 360. Fantastic.
0: All right, sir. We'll have a great night, and I will look forward to talking to you next week.
3: All right, Andy. Be safe in the woods this weekend for sure. I'll do it. You do the same. Okay. Thanks. All
0: Goodbye. Alright, big congrats to R Hanks fifty-five and a big thank you to Richard Duncan for his generosity and giving so freely to you guys who listen to this show. Alright, so here's how most of last week went for me. Then there was boom, 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 and then the rest of the week. But we are going to talk about it all because there are learning points through all of it. So let's go. On Thursday, March the 22nd in the morning, I went to the Talladega National Forest and I heard a great big bunch of nothing. I am getting reports of little to mostly no gobbling from the hunters that I've talked to in that area. And I have really, and I really have no idea what is going on in that area, but I can just hope that the rest of the season plays out like it should there. It's really strange. You know, in this particular area that I was hunting, it has been control burned. And I think the control burn happened sometime in February. And I'm just not real sure that the turkeys have moved back into that area yet, which is really strange, but it is a huge control burn. If I had to guess, I would say it's probably between a thousand and two thousand acres and that's a pretty big burn. So you're talking about pushing turkeys out of a thousand to two thousand acres somewhere else and if there's that and if there's a good food source at that somewhere else where they went then it may take them a while to come back. So I'm not giving up on that spot though. I'll be trying to get out there and see if I can kill me a public land bird there. All right, Friday, March the 23rd was my first day of the 2018 turkey hunting season with any excitement when I spotted three hens on my property, but there was no gobbler with them. They were fairly vocal, and uh, I had to approach them from an area where there was no cover, so I used my fan to help try to conceal my movement and they were quite unsure about the fan that i was using while i was approaching them and they got a little bit nervous they flew across the lake still on my property but just on the other side of the slough from where i would approached them and stood there on the bank and called and yelped and clucked and carried on for a while and then they flew back onto the side of the lake that i was on and crossed the property line and kept going so That was really all that happened there Friday morning, but at least it got my heart beating quickly and helped to give me hope that there are still real live turkeys in central Alabama. Okay, so Friday afternoon is the time when my wife and I were going to load up to head to Georgia. But before that, Thursday night, She and I had much discussion about whether we were going to go to Georgia at all for the weekend because the weather forecast was calling for rain off and on throughout the entire weekend. And after much back and forth, we're going, we're not going, we're going, we're not going, and all of that was coming from me because my wife, who, as you guys already know, is most awesome, said... We're going to do whatever you want to do. This weekend is about you. So uh, so after all of that back and forth and back and forth, I said, you know what? It's not going to rain the entire weekend. Let's just go. So Friday around 1 p.m., we loaded up and headed to the mountains of North Georgia to hunt the Chattahoochee National Forest and the Cohutta Wildlife Management Area. So we arrived Friday afternoon around 6 o'clock Eastern, thanks a whole lot to Chattanooga traffic. For all of you Chattanoogans listening to this, God bless you. I don't know how in the world you put up with the traffic in that city. It is terrible. All right, but this is not a traffic podcast. This is a turkey hunting podcast, so I've got to get focused here. So we arrived in Georgia around 6 p.m., and we quickly unloaded our things into the cabin that we were staying in. We drove 20 minutes to one of the turkey hunting spots that I had marked on the map and got out of the truck and started walking. Now, season doesn't open until Saturday morning. So Friday afternoon, Tammy and I are just walking trails, looking for turkey sign, listening for turkeys, everything that you need to do to kind of scout an area. Well, we got about 10 minutes from where we parked the truck, and after calling off and on during that walk, I heard an owl hoot, and so I told her, I said, let's just stand here for a few minutes, and I'm going to try to call this owl in to our location and see if that owl will stay talkative and perhaps get a turkey to gobble. So the owl and I hooted back and forth, and my attempt at calling in the owl failed because the owl never came in, but another owl, a second owl, hooted near the road that we parked on, and a turkey gobbled at the top of the ridge about 400 yards away. So I pulled out my phone, I pulled up the OnX app, I marked where I thought that turkey gobble came from on the map, dropped a waypoint there, and I thought, this is pay dirt, man. This is going to be good. I knew the general vicinity that a turkey was roosted in, and i was jacked up about saturday morning on top of that mountain so it got dark i tried to get that turkey to gobble again eventually it got dark and we walked out to the truck got in the truck drove back to the cabin had dinner and friday night i was excited the whole night and i could hardly sleep and i knew that the weather forecast was calling for showers off and on throughout the day but it looked like the morning was going to be mostly dry so that got me even more excited. However, when I woke up on Saturday and got in my truck and drove to my hunting spot, what I was not expecting and what I did not see in the forecast was the 20 to 25 mile per hour winds. Now I got to my turkey hunting spot where I had the turkey roosted very early, about an hour and a half before dawn's crack began to show. And the reason that I did that is because I had a turkey roosted on public land. I'm hunting opening day of turkey season on public land in Georgia, where some mighty fine turkey hunters live and hunt and know the land better than I do. So, Showed up to my spot about an hour and a half early. I parked there. No one was there, fortunately. So I sat in the truck for about an hour to give a little bit more time to pass because I didn't have all that far of a walk to get in that area where I heard the turkey gobble. And after walking into the area and watching it get daylight, I heard one owl off in the distance. I hooted. Nothing happened. Nothing happened. No gobbles. No nothing other than the sound of the wind whipping through the trees up the side of the mountain. So I was a little disappointed, but I figured I'm in there. I'll get off of the trail, walk up on top of some of these ridges, and look around and do a little bit of scouting. I did that. I saw a good bit of turkey signs, so that encouraged me. But the weather just was not playing nice. So that was pretty much it for my early morning hunt. And just like the old turkey hunting saying, roosted ain't roasted. And in my early Saturday morning opening day turkey hunt proved that. So I left that area and drove my truck a little bit up the road, parked at another spot, and I'd made my mind up that I was just going to get on a trail and walk and walk and walk until I got about a mile away from the road. Then I was going to call a little bit, And from that point, still walking away from the truck, I was going to walk and call. Now, my plan was to leave that area around lunchtime, maybe 1130 to one o'clock, somewhere in that neighborhood. And that is exactly what I did. I walked in to the area on a trail and I walked that same trail almost the entire way out. But I decided to take a little detour and get off of the trail, climb up to one of the top of the ridges there, look for some turkey sign, try to do some calling, see if I could get a turkey to respond, but I had no luck. So that was my late Saturday morning hunt, and I got back to the truck, drove to the cabin, and ate lunch, pulled out my computer, and I started studying the map of the wildlife management area and the national forest where I was hunting. And I've got to tell you guys, if you do not have it, the OnX app, the premium version of the OnX app, I don't know exactly what they call it, if it's whatever it is, it's the paid version of that app, is incredible. Especially hunting public land, because it tells you where all of the property boundaries are, and it also shows the trails and the roads that run through those properties well at least it did on the wildlife management area and the national forest that i hunted and that tool was huge because while sitting in the cabin and looking at the map i found a trail that i wanted to walk up that was about almost 4 miles long and the trail went through an area that had some fingers coming off of the main ridge where these were a little bit lower ridges and i thought You know, this would be a great opportunity to walk up that main ridge, venture off down these little finger ridges, and see if I can get something to gobble in there. So I left the cabin Saturday afternoon, and I left Tammy at the cabin Saturday afternoon because it had been spitting rain off and on all day up to that point, and she said she just did not want to go and get wet, and I couldn't blame her for that. So I drove the truck to the parking area at the head of the trail that I wanted to walk. And I began the ascent to the top of the mountain. Because for about the first mile and a half of the roughly four mile trail, it's all uphill. I walked about, I'd say, between two and a half and two and three quarter miles into that area using that trail. Now during that whole hike in, I saw some turkey sign. But I did not hear any turkeys. And the turkey sign that I was seeing was not extremely fresh. But it wasn't like turkey sign from the fall either or the winter. So I figured there were probably still some turkeys in that area. But like I said, after hiking in about two and a half miles, I looked at the time and I determined it had taken me about an hour and a half or an hour and 45 minutes to get that far I was going to turn around and walk back out the same trail to get to the truck and just try to put together a game plan in my head for Sunday morning and see what would happen from there. So as I'm walking back to the truck, I am really down at this point because I'm thinking, here I am late Saturday afternoon. The weather sucked. I have hiked by the time I get back to the truck at least 10 miles The OnX app said 12.4 miles, but some of that was me forgetting to end the trek on the app and me getting in the truck and it's showing me driving down the road in the truck. So I had to kind of back some of that off, but I figured I was right at that 10 mile mark, maybe a little bit over, or I would be at that 10 mile mark, maybe a little bit over by the time I got back to the truck. And so, I'd not seen any turkeys, I'd not heard any turkeys, and, you know, I was a little down, and I'm thinking, man, if I could just hear a turkey gobble, you know, there's bound to be a two-year-old around here. I'll be happy with a two-year-old. Tickled. I really wanted something to happen on that trip, especially after the first week of the Alabama season going like it went with very 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 little gobbling and basically no action at all so as i'm walking back to the truck i got about three quarters of a mile from the truck i rounded a curve in the road and now you guys have heard me say that when i'm hunting i have on my head net my gloves and I am hunting. Well, because I'm in a national forest and I'm walking these trails where these hikers are, I didn't feel real comfortable having my face mask on and my gloves on with a shotgun strewn over my shoulder walking these trails and coming up on hikers looking like that. Now, granted, they should be expecting to see hunters, just like this hunter was expecting to see hikers, but I don't want to come around a curve in the road and be dressed in camo from head to toe and startle someone to death who's walking through the woods. I just felt like, out of respect, that I'm not going to wear head net and gloves while I'm walking, and that was a decision I made, so that's what I did. So, I round this curve in the road as I'm headed back to the truck, and I hear something take off running through the woods. So I look over in that direction, and about a second after I look in that direction, I see a turkey running off. And my brain says, turkey, male turkey, gobbler. Well, as soon as my brain said turkey, I reach for the shotgun, shotgun off the shoulder. As soon as my brain says male turkey, I start to raise the shotgun. And as soon as I see the beard on the turkey as he's running away from me, I click the safety off i put the gun up and i said he's 50 yards and i'm shooting my 20 gauge i'm not going to take the shot and i clicked the safety back on i lowered the gun and i said i don't know he may be 45 yards put the gun back up and i clicked the safety off put the safety back on lowered the gun and said i'm not comfortable with a shot with a 20 gauge i put the and then i said i've got apex shells in this shotgun i raised the gun back up i clicked the safety off again And I'm going to say that the bad angel won out. The little devil on my shoulder won out. That battle between good and evil. The good angel is saying, shoot, shoot. And the bad angel is saying, don't shoot, don't shoot. All right, I might have that a little bit twisted up, but at least (laughs) that's kind of how I'm rationalizing all that in my head. Probably the good angel was saying, don't shoot, don't shoot. And the devil was saying, shoot, 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 no matter what. But the bottom line is, I did not take a shot. And I watched the turkey as he continued to run up the mountain. And he went up and over the ridge. And so I stood there. And I think if my legs hadn't been so tired, I literally would have kicked myself in the butt all the way back to the truck. I am still not 100% sure why I did not shoot at that turkey when I first realized it was a male turkey. I really do, I never did step it off, but I really do think that turkey was between 40 and 45 yards when my brain said it's a gobbler. And as the turkey's running up the mountain or trying to run up the mountain, he's not going very quickly up the mountain, I thought several times that I could probably still kill him. So I was pretty upset. I was pretty down. And I stood there for a few minutes And I said, okay, that may be my only opportunity that I get the whole weekend at a turkey. And I didn't take it, but I can use this weekend as a scouting weekend, get some good points marked on the map for me to come back and try again next weekend and just see how it goes. So instead of just walking straight back to the truck, I climbed the mountain that the turkey went up. When I got up to the ridge that the turkey crested and went over as he was running off, there was turkey sign everywhere. Fresh turkey sign everywhere on this ridge. And I started to walk the ridge out back to the truck. And I realized that the ridge split off. One toe went down to the east. One toe went down to the west. And I needed to be walking pretty much to the south to get back to the truck. But what I realized is that The toe of the ridge that went off to the right actually ran a long way. So I thought, you know, this is great. This is a big, long ridge. I can get up here and I can walk that ridge and just walk it until it runs out and see if I can get that turkey to gobble Sunday morning. So I walk on back to the truck and I am still down on myself. I am kicking myself in the rear end because I did not shoot at that turkey. So I get back in the truck, drive back to the cabin. All Saturday night, I was down and out. I was replaying that afternoon opportunity in my head over and over and over again and kicking myself for not taking advantage of an opportunity. In fact, I'm starting to kick myself for not taking advantage of an opportunity again while I'm telling you this story, but I got to get over that. So all Saturday night, you know, I was down and out. And I'd been replaying that afternoon opportunity over and over in my head. And I was kicking myself for not taking advantage of that opportunity. And Tammy was very supportive. And she said, you know, at least you know where he is now. And so now you can get in there and you can hunt him. Instead of just walking trying to locate him like you did all day today. And she was right. She was right. So I tried to get over me being down and out. As best I could and finally laid down I was pretty tired I was pretty beat after walking 10 miles up and down mountains it was pretty tough on my legs so Saturday night it rained hard it poured rain Saturday night and the forecast was for the rain to really move out of there that front to move out around 5 a.m. and that is exactly what happened so Sunday morning I wake up I walk out of the cabin the temps are in the low 50s, and there's fog, very dense fog. So I got in the truck and I slowly drove back to my afternoon hunting parking spot because I knew that that gobbler had not gone too far. And if he lives right there in that area at that trail, he sees people all the time because that is a heavily traveled trail. And And I felt like he had to be roosted pretty close by there, because when I saw him, it was about 30 minutes before fly up, and I just didn't think that he had gone very far. In fact, I felt like he had gone up to the top of that mountain, gone over the ridge, maybe gone another 50 or 100 yards, and just stopped, that he hadn't really gone anywhere. So I was pretty comfortable that he was going to be roosted in that area Sunday morning, the weather was right. There was no wind, obviously, because there was such dense fog, and I was ready to go. So after parking the truck, I gathered my stuff, and I actually had put my high-water boots on when I left the cabin because rain was in the forecast. But when I got to the parking spot, I took off my high-water all-rubber boots and put my hiking boots on instead, which turned out to be a pretty good move, I think. and. Off I go. So I told you guys Saturday morning I sat in the truck for about an hour before I got out. Well, Sunday morning, because I knew I had a three-quarter of a mile hike to get into the area that I wanted to be in, and I had to climb a mountain to get there, I knew I needed to leave a little bit early. So after I parked, I took off, hiked into that area. As I was hiking up the toe of the ridge where I last saw that turkey, Dawn's crack is just starting to show. So, I get up to the little saddle there in the ridge where I saw the turkey last, and I stand there, and I wait, and I hear an owl. Now listen. So I hoot. Nothing. The owl goes. Nothing. It's starting to get pretty light at this point. About that time, a pileated woodpecker goes... And the turkey goes... Off of the ridge, down in the bottom. Well, that got my attention. I started to get excited. So I'm thinking, okay, should I drop down off this ridge and move in his direction a little bit? Yeah, that's probably what I need to do. But I need to get a better location on him before I start off down this ridge because... And I don't want to risk walking down the side of the mountain where he could be roosted on the opposite side of the mountain and see me going down towards him. So I stand there and I wait for him to gobble again. Nothing happens. And I hoot again. Nothing happens. So I get my crow call out because it's getting fairly light. And I blow the crow call and nothing. So I'm standing there and I'm thinking, man, I hate a courtesy gobble. I do not like it when a turkey gobbles one time and I don't know where he is, and that's all I get out of him. But I'm still there. I'm standing there, like I said, there's turkey sign everywhere. I know I'm in a great spot. I saw a turkey there yesterday. There's no reason for me to go running off looking for another turkey. So I'm standing there waiting, and the woodpecker goes, and I hear, and I said, Was that a turkey? I don't, I don't don't know if that was a turkey or not. What was that? A Woodpecker goes. And I hear. Is at that point in time that I'm looking, thinking, I wish I had somebody here with me that could hear something. Because these old ears are not helping me at all. But it sounded to me like a turkey gobbling two times. And perhaps the same turkey that I heard on the roost gobble, but he had flown down and had flown downhill and was facing away from me. So I'm standing there and I'm trying to figure out what's going on and I'm trying to get this turkey to gobble again and I can't get the turkey to gobble. So I took out my pot and peg call, my slate call, and I did a few soft yelps, a few soft clucks, got them a little bit louder, a little bit louder, a little bit louder, and I did a fly down cackle. And when I did the fly-down cackle, I heard nothing. So I'm still standing there. And I start soft-calling on my slate call. And I'm just doing some very soft purrs, clucks, yelps. And then I hear, I'm like, man, come on. This is not good. I I can't tell if that's a turkey goblin or what. So then I remembered, hey, I've got my walker game ears in my pocket. And I rarely rarely ever use my walker game ear when I'm turkey hunting because when I run a turkey call with the walker game ear in my ears, it amplifies the calls and just about blows my eardrums out. So I just don't use them because of that reason. But I thought, all right, I'm going to put these in and I'm going to call and I'm going to see if that very far off sound that I've been hearing is a turkey gobble. So I put my game ears in my ear, and I start to call very soft purrs, a few soft yelps, a few soft clucks, and all of a sudden I hear it. Ow! And he sounded like he was in the back of my vest. That turkey sounded like he was mere feet from me. And so I'm like, holy crap, I know that was a turkey gobble, and I know that turkey's close. I have got to get to a good spot to sit down. So I start to walk away from where the turkey gobbled. Because on this ridge, there's a little hump on the ridge. And that hump has some blueberry bushes or something that's growing up that's about knee high. And there's an oak tree that is pretty well out in the open. Except it has that brush in front of it. Those little small bushes in front of it. So I thought, that's a great spot to get. I can sit there. I can see over the top of those little blueberry bushes or whatever they are, and I can call that turkey right down the top of the ridge, down the trail that I'm standing on or was standing on, and I'll be in good shape. So I'll rush over to that tree. I sit down and get my gun on my knee, and I thought, all right, I need to plug in my microphone to my telephone so I can get audio of this hunt for all of you guys who listen to the show. And I said to myself, no, you don't have time. So I pull the game ears out of my ear. I stick those game ears in my pocket and I wait. Well, after about two minutes of sitting there, the turkey gobbles again and he's closer. Well, without my game ears in my ear, I can tell that that turkey's about 75 yards away. When he gobbles, I took my slate call and I went, pop, pop, pop. he gobbled again. Now the old heart's pumping some blood and I'm getting pretty excited. I put my call down and the gun's resting on my knee. The butt of the gun's on my shoulder and my cheek is on the buttstock. But I haven't gotten down on the gun yet to aim. I'm just sitting there and I'm looking and I'm waiting. And remember me telling you how foggy it was on the top of this ridge where I was standing and the turkey was coming to? It was very foggy. I could only see about 25 or 30 yards around me. But I thought, you know, that may help me. That may work in my favor because the turkeys don't be able to see through that fog either. So I'm sitting there against the tree and I'm watching, waiting, listening, trying to see any kind of movement, trying to hear any kind of sound at all. The leaves are wet because of the rain the night before and I just don't see or hear anything. And all of a sudden I hear, <clears throat> Well, I may have told you guys before that because my hearing is not real good, I've shot way too many guns in my life without hearing protection. I hear better out of one ear than the other. And when I hear turkey drum, my experience is that that turkey drumming always sounds to me like it's more to my left than it really is. So that turkey drum to me sounded like it was off of the top of the ridge And on the side of the ridge. And I thought, well, surely that turkey hasn't just walked off the top of the ridge. And he's coming down the side of the ridge towards me. And about that time, I hear... And I said, all right, he's getting closer. Don't look off the side of the ridge. You need to look on the ridge a little bit more to the right of where that drumming sound is coming from and I was looking trying to see anything through that fog and all of a sudden I see a little movement at about my nine o'clock Well, my guns pointed at about ten o'clock and that little bit of movement that I saw was a white head coming through the fog at me and after I spotted the movement I hear and I said come on baby he took about two or three more steps towards me, and there was a pine tree that was about five feet in front of him, and I said, as soon as he steps behind that pine tree, I'm moving my gun on him, and then when he steps out from behind that pine tree, I am busting him, so he steps behind the pine tree, and when he did, I moved my gun from 10 o'clock to 9 o'clock, and I'm on him, well, I'm on the tree, and I'm waiting for him to step out to my right. He stepped behind the tree from my left, so I'm expecting him to step out from the tree to my right, and he didn't. He stepped back out from behind the tree on my left, and there was another small tree, probably five or six inches in diameter, just about 10 inches from the edge of the pine tree that he had stepped behind that enabled me to move on him. And so he went from standing behind the pine tree to now standing behind this other tree that's four to six inches in diameter and I don't have a shot and so I'm waiting and I've got the sight on him. I'm waiting on him to step out from behind that tree and then all of a sudden I hear and the first thought in my mind was crap. He's seen me. Then I hear and I said oh crap. He took a quarter of a step and he stepped between that smaller tree and the big pine tree and I shot and when I shot I saw that turkey drop down and I saw his head come down and he took off running to my left. When he took off to my left, I jumped up and I started in his direction. I got over to where he was. There was no turkey on the ground. I look over on the side of the hill, just where the ridge starts to break to go down the side of the mountain. And there is a pine tree blown over. There's a blow down there. And I look inside that blow down and he's standing there and he's looking at me. And I click the safety off. I throw the gun up. Boom! And I shoot. And he goes rolling out of the blowdown. Well, he goes rolling out of the blowdown down the side of the mountain. And of course, I'm going after him. So I rack another shell, click the safety back on the gun, and I went through the same blowdown that he was holed up in just a few seconds before. I got through that blowdown. The turkey's tumbling down the mountain. As soon as I got through that blowdown, my feet came out from underneath me. I hit my rear end, and then I start sliding down the mountain, and I'm sliding down the mountain behind the turkey, maybe 15 or 20 yards behind him. I don't know what happened, but both the turkey and I got our feet underneath us at about the same time, and I threw the gun up, clicked the safety off, and went boom!" shot again, and there he goes, tumbling down the mountain again. So I took a half a step in the wet leaves down the side of the mountain on my rear end again. And here I go sliding down the mountain right after the turkey tumbling. This time it's the turkeys tumbling down the mountain. Every time he tumbles, he's (whistles) going. Every tumble, every tumble, every tumble. And I'm thinking, man, I've got one shell left in my shotgun, (laughs) I have got to make this count. Well, the turkey tumbles down into a drain where the sides of these two ridges come together and he gets to that drain and he stops and sure enough i'm right behind him and i'm headed into the same drain that he's in and i hit the drain and stop well i am maybe five feet from this turkey by the time i stop and the turkey is all messed up broken wing bone hanging out of the wing broken leg Dazed and confused, as you can imagine, after tumbling 300 feet in elevation down the side of a mountain. Head over feet, overhead over feet, overhead over feet. And luckily, I didn't quite tumble. I pretty well slid down the entire mountain. So I felt like I was okay. When I hit the drain, I'm sitting on my butt in the water from all the rain that we had, the rainfall that we had the night before. And I'm looking at this turkey. And it became apparent to me the turkey was not really going anywhere. So I stood up, made sure that I was still in one piece, took a couple of steps over. And as I got to the turkey, he started to get his, his wits about him a little bit. And, but it was too late at that point. I'd gotten my foot on him and was standing on his head in that drain. And that's where everything ended for that turkey. And it was at that point in time when I said to myself, thank you, Lord. letting me kill a turkey in georgia i can now mark georgia off my list and i sure do hate that i did not record the audio of this hunt for the podcast but what i did do at that point in time was plug my microphone in and i've got some post-hunt audio for you and this seriously was recorded while i'm standing on top of the turkey's neck in the drain waiting on him to stop flopping so here you go, listen in, and I'll see you on the other side.
1: Hi. it's 8.35 Central Eastern Time. I'm standing on the neck of my Georgia collar right now. As you can tell, I'm a little out of breath because after the shot, well, it must not have been a great shot. He took off running. I could tell he was hit. He took off running. He ran into a blowdown. Oh, God. Man. He was probably I don't know if he was... he was probably 30 yards when I shot drumming goblin on the way in. Oh. I shot he took off. Ran in this blowdown and after got up and shot him again. I just body shot him that time. I was just trying to break a wing or anything. He took off down the mountain. And by God, I went after him. Thank God I didn't... I went underneath the same blowdown that he was in when I shot the second time. And thank God I didn't get my eye poked out or anything. And he starts tumbling down the mountain. Yeah probably I think we're 200 feet down the mountain he's tumbling and I'm running after him well okay I probably ran five feet and then I hit my butt and he's tumbling down the mountain I'm tumbling by him down the mountain right behind him, trying to get another shot on him. And finally, I got my—I got stopped, and he stopped about the same time. I flipped the safety off, and shot again. And he rolled, started rolling down the mountain again. By God, I went after him again. Sliding, I'm trying to assess the damage here. I've got to go back up on top of the mountain and try to find my striker and my uh, glass call slate glass and slate call. I'm halfway down the mountain and I get to climb it and go all the way back up. But he finally stopped rolling in this little drain coming down off the mountain. And believe it or not, where he stopped sliding down the mountain in that drain, I went right after him. I was sliding the whole way probably the last 30 yards down the hill. I was on my butt. I ended up in the same drain that he's in, about 5 feet from him, <laughs> uh, and we were looking at each other. He was He's messed up, man. He's bad messed up, but holy crap. I'm assessing the damage here. So I broke my binocular strap. Uh, I have no idea if my sights are still... I think my sights are still good with my gun. I don't know how badly my gun's scraped up and beat out. But I'm not that worried about that right this second. But, I know my leg scraped up and... I can feel the burn on my leg. Let's take a look at this baby. Oh, man. Oh. Oh, I'm sore. He's a... I don't know. He's, I'd say, a good two-year-old bird. A nice thick beard on him. Maybe eight, no, probably eight and a half to nine inches. (sighs) My gosh, he left a he left a trail of feathers down the mountain. I think I did too, though. Jeez. he's a muddy mess, I'm a muddy mess. I think I've still got my... All right, good, I got my wallet. I got my phone. I got my Georgia turkey. I got my Swarovski binoculars. I can buy anything else that I'm missing. But I am going to walk up here and grab this turkey call if I can find it. and a strike or two. So, I'll keep you guys from having to listen to me huff and puff anymore. Mm-hmm. I am turning off the recording. And I'll be back when i settle down a little bit. I'm gonna climb this mountain. I know you don't want to hear me huff and puff all the way up the mountain. So I'll check back in on another little bit. Georgia, public land, Turkey. Second day of Georgia season. Thank you, Lord.
0: So after assessing the damage, which just turned out that I actually didn't break my binocular strap, I broke the part of my binoculars that the strap attaches to, and I lost my pocket knife and scraped up my leg pretty good. Now, after putting the turkey in my vest, I started walking up the mountain back to the top of the mountain to find my turkey call, and I did find it, and I found the striker as well. Between the time when I loaded the turkey in the back of my vest and I got the turkey to my truck my game pouch in the back of my vest had ripped and so now i've got some sewing to do i still have not sewn it back up even though that happened on sunday and three or four days have gone by since then so i'll get to that eventually but that hunt was a great hunt it was my first encounter with a gobbler this season. It's the first time I have sat down on a gobbling turkey this season. So it was good to get back in the swing of things. After I got back to the truck, I took a few pictures of me and the turkey and loaded the turkey in the truck. Of course, I'd already tagged it at that point and I'd already called it in. And so I headed back to the cabin for lunch, and had lunch, cleaned the turkey, and then Tammy and I went back out for an afternoon hike. And, of course, I was hiking with my shotgun and camo on, because in Georgia it is legal to kill more than one turkey in a day. So we were back out, walking and covering a new area, looking for turkey sign, looking for tracks, looking for turkeys, listening for turkeys, but we did not locate any more turkeys. So we went back to the cabin for dinner and some sleep because this dude right here was tired. I'd had one heck of a morning and I was tired. And that's after having one heck of a day the day before hiking 10 miles up and down mountains. So I was pretty worn out. So that was it for Sunday, Monday a.m., Monday morning. I got to sleep in a little bit because it was a Monday and I figured any locals in the area were probably going to work and so I did not need to be at my hunting spot an hour and a half before daylight so I slept in an extra hour and got to my hunting spot 30 minutes before daybreak and I actually went back to the spot where Tammy and I heard the bird gobble Friday afternoon so I got there got out of the truck And the wind was blowing 20 to 25 miles an hour, temperature in the low 50s, and with temperatures in the low 40s, and I had absolutely nothing going on. There was no gobbling. There was no turkey sound to be heard. So I proceeded to walk around for about a mile, calling every so often, and with no response, decided to call it a day. I'd had a successful hunt in Georgia, and... It was a great trip, but I had to pack up and head back home. Fortunately, the traffic coming back through Chattanooga was not nearly as bad as it was going to the mountains in Georgia, so we were able to get home pretty quickly and then get the truck unpacked, do a little bit of work, and then Tuesday morning, it was back out into the woods where I hit some property that I have leased that actually borders some of the national forest land outside of Birmingham. On my turkey vest, I still have not sewed it. And I heard and saw nothing. And I saw very little turkey sign, which is actually more turkey sign than I saw the previous hunt there. So that was a little bit encouraging, is the fact that there was some sign, whereas previously there was no sign. So Tuesday was a bust. Wednesday, believe it or not, I actually took off of hunting to go to work, just like I told you when I started the show up. So there we are. Week two is in the bag. So in summary, it was a very quiet week. And then for a very brief period of time, it was very noisy and very hectic. And then it was quiet again. I am still hopeful that the gobblers will start to break loose in central Alabama soon. All I can do at this point is hope, but I am a little concerned that I'm not seeing a whole lot of turkey sign in some of my hunting spots. So hopefully that will change and the birds will get moved into those areas sometime very soon and I'll be able to put together some more hunts. So before I cut you guys loose this week, I want to just talk for a couple of minutes about my takeaways from the hunt where I killed that turkey in Georgia. So a couple of things really stand out to me about that hunt and that is that when things were bad Saturday mentally I was down but physically I kept going and I had to keep pushing and I could not let my state of mind from not having heard any turkeys and not having seen any turkeys keep me from pushing forward fortunately things worked out in my favor and i found a turkey to hunt and then i was able to make that a successful hunt the following day so in hindsight when that gobbler came in and he stepped behind that pine tree at about 25 yards and i moved my gun over and pointed it in his direction And he stepped out from that pine tree. And I heard that turkey go, putt. He actually was not putting. He was clucking. And in my head, I'd gotten so nervous, so worked up about this hunt, because I wanted this hunt to be a success, that I made a, I'm going to say, rookie mistake. And I didn't correctly identify what was going on at the time. That turkey, I don't believe, had any idea I was there until, of course, I shot and rang his ears. But those were gobbler clucks, not gobbler putts. And so I probably should have just continued to sit there patiently rather than trying to rush a shot. And I think that's where my mess up was because... Had I waited, that turkey eventually would have stepped out from the gap in those two trees into a more open area for me to get a shot. And I also would have been focused on aiming at that turkey instead of just shooting at that turkey. So, really that's my one big takeaway from it, is to try not to let my mind get the best of me. And yes, I have killed a bunch of turkeys in my day. I still get fired up when I call a turkey in. And so because of that, I do have to control my nerves and I have to tell myself just to slow down, take it easy and focus. And those are things that I did not tell myself to do Sunday morning during that hunt. But everything worked out in the end. Thankfully I didn't wound him and have him get away and I was able to bring home some fresh turkey meat. So the turkey has been brined already. And it is in the freezer and waiting for turkey cooking day. And I hope that that comes up sometime real soon. All right. So, hey, before I let you guys go for the week, if you feel like your turkey hunting skill book needs a few more pages added to it, then go over to www.turkeyhuntinguniversity.com and watch a few videos on the topics that you feel like you need help with. You can pick and choose which videos to watch videos on that will help you to become a better turkey hunter. So go check that out. I don't think you'll be disappointed with the videos that are on there. And let me know what your thoughts are. So that is all for today. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I know that you have choices. I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week, and take it away, Ray. I look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Georgia, Georgia. no peace,
2: no peace I find. Just an old sweet song, keeps Georgia on my mind. Say just an old sweet song keeps up on my mind.
0: Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show,